Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. We're in this series, uh, We Are the Resting Place, and we've been talking about being a people of prayer, being a people of humility, a people of intimate connection. And today we're going to talk about bold authenticity. And so with this, I always kind of look at Merriam-Webster to kind of help me like bold. What What does bold mean? Fearless before danger. Adventurous. Free. Standing out prominently. What if your life was like that? What if your life was fearless before danger? What would would it be like if your life was adventurous and free? If you were so comfortable with who you are and who God made you to be, that you could be standing out prominently in your circles of influence, in the community. Sounds attractive, right? Does something in your heart just go like, I would like that. I don't want to hide. But there's part in our, in our journey where things happen that tell you to like, dial it back a little bit. Don't be so bold. Don't be so out there, right? And then authenticity. What is it to be authentic? To be real, to be genuine, not false, true to one's own personality, spirit, or character, to be trustworthy, to be a people unified and no longer isolated in the way we carry the Holy Spirit together, we need to have bold authenticity. You know, the original interpersonal connection, it was just Adam and Eve on the human level, right? God would come and meet with them. But in their relationship in Genesis 2, it talks about how they were uh, naked and felt no shame, right? There was this ability to just be, in a sense, uncovered. And today, you know, like we, we look at it more in, in the emotional sense, right? We'd like all of you to stay clothed for the service, please. Um, so, the, but we want, to, we want to have a comfort level that, that allows us to be emotionally transparent with each other. Because let's be honest, church has not always been that place. Right? I, I grew up in a church and that, uh, you know, it's interesting when they have like a podcast expose about your church. Right? And I've, I've I mentioned it before at different times, the, the podcast host called it a, a doomsday apocalyptic cult, right? And so it's a little extreme. It's a little extreme. I found a whole bunch of other people grew up not in that, but it was basically the same church just with a different label, right? A lot of legalism, a lot of control, and <clears throat> even in the, the Christian school that I went to there, they were like, we're not making yellow pencils, but we want you to all look the same, act the same, talk the same. And you're like, I pretty much feel like you're asking me to be a yellow pencil, 
And, and that, but there's part that in that there was a comfort level with playing small, with not being the unique fingerprint of God that each one of you are. Right? And so there's part that w- sometimes the church culture ends up having us play small or play safe. But to be a people that God's Holy Spirit is going to rest upon and move, we have to be boldly authentic. Each one of you carries something of the presence of God that nobody else carries. And so we want to empower you to go, how can, we, how can you live for God, boldly authentic, wherever you are, at work, at home. God has a lot to say. But maybe some of the voices in your life have put some stinking thinking in, right? That, you, that you, you're not really accepted for who you are, for the way you are. And if, as, as a church leader, I just want to say to you, I am really sorry. Especially if that's been your church experience. Because a lot of times it ends up being the fears of leadership that are not comfortable with your boldness. John Maxwell calls it the law of the lid, right? Wherever there's a leader, their, their capacity is what you come up to. And what happens is if the leader won't grow and you're committed to grow, you're going to grow someplace else. It happens at work. happens at church. It happens in almost any kind of organization. And so our goal is to go, how can we steward an organization of people, a community of people that allows you to be all that God created you to be. And part of that is our organization, we don't believe that leadership is top down. We believe leadership's a foundation. Because you know what happens with a foundation? There's no cap on the foundation. You can grow as tall as you, as you want, as you feel called, as the Lord leads. And so we want to just create a place of bold authenticity. We have different cultures, different backgrounds. And it's really, it's so much easier to lead people that are all the same. Because you kind of all think the same. You look at things kind of from the same background. It's when we have differences that we have to wrestle with. What do I actually believe? Especially about how God moves because now all of a sudden we've got different expressions, things that make us uncomfortable. Some people laugh, some people twitch, some people flag, some people, like, what, what is it? Like, and for us to be able to go, I want to respect how God is moving in your life. Today's, you know, kind of anchor passage is Ephesians 4, 25 through 27. It says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. 
Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Right? For us to be able to have bold authenticity, we have to, be, we have to start telling ourselves the truth. Right? If we want a culture that is accepting and authentic, we have to understand and accept who we are and how God made us and the story that he's telling through our lives. Because if we can't accept ourselves, how can you accept somebody else when there's parts of you that you don't like and that you're wrestling with and you're like, I hate this when I do this. And so if you see somebody else doing that same thing, how, how are you not going to hate that too? And so our, our personal growth with God, to let him speak the truth to us, to bring healing to the places of pain, we've got to start, right? It says, put away falsehood. And it's easy to start going, well, all right, all y'all, right? All y'all start telling the truth. But we've got to start with our own journey and go, God, tell me the truth about me. Tell me who I am so that I can have a place of stability in the heart of the Father that if you're really different and I just totally disagree, it's not affecting my identity. It's a discussion that we can have about boundaries and values, and it's, it's more objective than if I'm wrong in this, I am not okay. Right? It changes how we interact with each other. Because if we're going to be boldly authentic, let's be honest, there's going to be conflict. Because your, your boldness may be different than my tolerance for that kind of boldness. I mean, I'm trying to tell you the truth here, right? And so we've got to have the comfort, right? In Proverbs 27, it says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another, right? There's going to be sparks if we all start to really come into where am I, honestly? And we've got to hold loosely the right to be right and cling fast to, I want the truth. Because there's part that we get so entrenched on being right, and, and really there's a part that we don't embrace the mystery of Christ. Right? Because if I can reduce Christ and what he did to academic points that I, would, I, I want you and I to agree on these different items. We miss the fact that God is doing something in our hearts that sometimes is really mysterious. That what he's bringing, the healing that he's bringing, how we have to wrestle with trauma, how we have to wrestle with our life story where things didn't work out. I mean, I had a season of unemployment that I just, I couldn't explain. I had someone graciously tell me that I was now unemployed in multiple careers because I was licensed in a couple different things. I was like, wow, thank you, I think. Uh, right? And, but in that time, I had to watch what conclusions did I draw about myself, about the nature of God, because things weren't going the way I wanted. Things didn't match, right? So it was like, 
man should take care of his house. He should provide for his family. All these kinds of things. And I'm going like, I would like to do that. And it's not working out. God, what, what do I believe about this? How do I tell myself the truth when my circumstances are different than what I want? Right? And we all have to wrestle with that. It looks different for every person. But we all have this pain and we all have this opportunity to go, God, I want to put away falsehood and I want to learn what is true. Right? In, in the Passion Translation, Ephesians 4, 25 through 27, I don't have it on the screen, but it says, so discard every form of dishonesty and lying so you will be known as one who always tells the truth. For we all belong to one another. Don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let the passion of your emotions. The emotions are not sin. Sometimes we're so afraid of anger or fear that we're just like, I don't have that. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Right? But that's not the point. Like, we have to process, why am I angry? What does this mean? And how do I not sin while I'm, I'm in my emotions? Right? Because typically, unless there's a specific injustice, anger is a secondary emotion. Meaning, anger is how you protect yourself from either fear or shame. So if you get really mad about stuff, what are you afraid of? Because that's where God wants to meet you and heal you. What are you afraid of? See, I had to deal with the fact that I, I was afraid that God wouldn't provide. And in that season, all the ways that I knew how to provide for me and my family got blocked. And sometimes, it's even the sovereign will of God to frustrate you. Because you know what I know here? I, I could have told you before that God was a provider. But I know through the pain that he showed up. That all the things that I thought I had to control, he could control. And it was one of those that's like, I don't really like the path that I'm on, God. And he goes, yeah, but you're learning the, the lesson that I couldn't teach you through success. And so some of you are really frustrated with where you are in your season, but the Lord is going, you're, you're passing the test. And maybe you need to hear the Lord reframe, what do I believe about the season that I'm in? So we put away falsehood and we speak the truth with, with your neighbor, right? It's, there's part of telling you the truth, telling yourself the truth, and there's part of going, how do you communicate with people around you, right? Because the, the tension becomes everybody I talk to turns into a therapy session, right? I'm telling you the truth. How are you? Okay, here we go. Let me open the can, Right? There needs to be wisdom in this process. Sometimes it's not necessarily false to be like, I'm good. 
Because in this moment, that's, that's, that's all that we need to deal with. You know, the cashier asks you, how are you? I'm good, right? She's not wanting a therapy session with you in line at Publix, right? I think Kayla mentioned that before. Like, and actually, I had a business partner who did pay for somebody's groceries ahead of him because he was just like, I'm done. Like, move along. I'm paying their bill, right? Because it was just like, this was the wrong place. Sometimes you need a real counselor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist to work with you. In the church, sometimes we put shame around the fact that, like, we're wrestling with stuff that's hard. We need to have places where we get help. There's prayer, there's ministry, but there's also professionals. And we have to be honest to go, sometimes some of you are carrying some really heavy trauma. Life's been really hard. And for us to be boldly authentic, we have to be okay with the fact that some people might not be okay right now. Because what happens is them being not being okay makes you feel uncertain. And so you're like, that's weird. I don't want to deal with that. Right? Moving on. Next Job's friends, the best thing they did was just sit and shut up. They got into sin when they opened their mouth, right? But when they were sat with him in his pain, there was community, and I think there was help. But when they started going, well, this is why, brother, you're having this horrible experience, right? Then, then they got into a mess. So there's that tension of, of we want to speak the truth in love, right? Some people, I had, in fact, I had a business partner. His, his, his opinion was, if I tell you the truth, it is love. And so he'd take the truth two by four right to your head. And like, you're like, I really don't feel loved by how you're communicating this. Right? So there's discernment. There, there's, and there's part of us being patient with one another in this process, that for us to be like, I can't, I can't prescribe for you the timing of your healing. That is a sovereign move. And so, you know, as we, as we wrestle through, like, how do we be in community? I, I want to put up this graphic. It's called the Jahari window because these two guys uh, was like John and uh, Joseph. And, and Harrington were the two guys, so they called it Jahari. Um, and basically, it's this little uh, chart. And because uh, here's the thing. Some of your friends know stuff about you that you don't know about you. And there's stuff that you hide from your friends, right? So there's things that you know, and there's things that you don't know about you. And so when your friends know it and you don't know it, that's called a blind spot. Right? That time when you need a tic-tac, they know something you don't know. Right? And so if they, in their grace, communicate that to you, you now move from a blind spot back into the open area. But there's things that as you reveal your story and you share with people, the areas that you hide become disclosed, and people know you more. 
now you're able to be more fully authentic. And so if you move to the next slide, the open area gets bigger and the other spots get smaller. And in this bottom corner is called the unknown. And that's the things you don't know about you and that your friends don't know about you, but the Lord knows about you. But the more we're honest with ourselves and the more we're, our friends are honest with us, the more transparent we become, the more we move into that unknown and our destiny becomes more revealed. We're able to, to have community that allows us to grow. But we have to be members of a community for this to work, right? The, the monastic desert father retreat, just me and Jesus stuff, doesn't allow for this iron sharpening iron approach. Because there's some things that you only realize in community. You know, there's some, some things culturally. I, re I remember riding the train from uh, Heathrow to Gatwick. Um, in England, we were on our way to a mission trip. And I realized that the people there in the summer have a different view of deodorant than I, than I did. Like, some of us wear it or use it, some apparently don't, right? And it, it, but it's through community that you go, hey, maybe that part of me needs a bath. Right? That's sort of a, a physical representation of how we are emotionally. We've got places that, that need just to be washed with the word. But if we're not in community, we're missing that opportunity for feedback. But most of the time, we're too afraid that if I get feedback, it means I'm not okay. Because often, even our church culture is, I have to be perfect. Be perfect is that Jesus is perfect, and then we'll all be okay. And it's like, well, he is perfect. You get to carry him, and you get to operate in becoming more like him. But to do that, someone's got to tell you where you need to bathe. And sometimes the Lord in his, in his grace gives us guidance and direction. And sometimes he goes, this is only done in community. And we keep hoping that the Lord will tell us things that are supposed to come from our friends. Because we'd like to bypass that uncomfortableness. And there's part, this is the Lord's grace to you, that you need other people. And it's really, it's really hard because we don't get to control other people. Because the reality is there's parts of ourselves we're not controlling well. And the only way we think we can kind of like keep our mess under control is not to have somebody else tip your apple cart. But it's only then that you find out where the rotten apples are. And so we, if we're going to be boldly authentic, we have to be comfortable with the fact that our relationships are going to spark things in us. That's why it goes on, right? In your, you know, be angry but do not sin. Anger's 
Your anger is not the problem. The anger is simply telling you something is happening and you, you need to address this. But we're so afraid of anger that we're like, hey, uh, wow, there's something really happening there. What's going on? But you've got to be okay enough to not be so scared of their anger to be able to ask the question. What's going on? This is, this is really upsetting. Right? Anytime I can, I can find truth in movies, it's always a, a fun day. Right? So uh, Master Yoda says, um, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. Right? And so you have this archetypal character in Anakin becoming Darth Vader. But if you look... The reason these stories connect with our hearts is because these archetypes tell us something about ourselves, right? And we've seen people who have been very afraid, and they become very angry. But their anger led to sin. It led to hatred. It led to violence. It led to something else that gave the devil an opportunity to bring destruction into their life. And so that's where your emotions are a great tell that something's happening. And for most of like my life, I'm trying to like avoid extreme emotions, especially the negative ones. But it, it doesn't really work that way, right? The emotions are like you either shut them all off or you kind of have all of them, right? It's hard to have high highs with no low lows. And so we've got to give ourselves permission to navigate the mystery of our heart and to go, this, what, what if it's not always clean and tidy, right? We, we would like to live our lives like a 30-minute TV show. That example is almost getting dated now that we binge watch like hours of stuff. But... <laughs> Growing up, it was 30 minutes, right, or, or an hour. But all of the complexities of that episode resolved. And it creates a false expectation that in our lives, before the next commercial break, we're going to resolve some of these issues. You're on a journey. And to be boldly authentic, we have to give ourselves permission to be on a journey to make mistakes. I don't know if you've ever been driving and you kind of like, they have that like kind of, it's a little rougher shoulder. And you're driving and that tire drops. You almost never just swing right back to the middle. Like, oh man, right? And you yank the wheel really hard the other way. And so you kind of have this like movement till you get kind of centered. We don't ever give ourselves permission emotionally that if we, if we hit the pothole on one side, we usually snap the wheel too hard. I realize those electric boats that they have you can rent down at the convention center, those don't work like regular motorboats. I, I looked like a drunk sailor out there trying to steer this thing because I went from one side and I'm like, just a little, 
nothing happened. Just a little, nothing happened. I push it hard, and the boat just snaps, right? I, I almost got ran over by a big boat coming through the Harbor, um, Harbor Island Channel. because and, it, and they don't go fast either. Like, I've got full throttle, and I'm like, But our journeys are often like that. We end up kind of looking like the drunken sailor navigating the Hillsborough River uh, because we've not learned to finesse our emotions, right? How do you get there? Experience. The more experience you have in telling yourself the truth, in going, wow, I'm feeling this range of emotions, your corrections start to get a little softer. We don't have these wide swings, right? And so I, I can't tell you how many marriage conferences I've been to in 22 years of marriage, but a lot of them go back to the don't let the sun go down on your anger. But the problem is if your fight starts at 730 at night, you have a very short window to take that literally. <laughs> but I have seen people push that literally. And it's a principle. You can't let it, you can't stew on it. You got to deal with things. Because what happens is the more you stew on your negative emotions, what happens is you end up replaying that over and over and over. And it creates a very deep, strong neural connection to the negativity. So don't letting the sun go down on your anger is really going, deal with your junk promptly. But it's not a prescriptive time requirement, right? Deal with, deal with your stuff. Like, ask for help. We have this other lie that's like, well, if I have Jesus, I don't need to talk to anybody else for, and get help. It doesn't work that way. There are times when it does, but there's times where the healing comes in community. Right? In 1 John uh, 1, 6-7, it says, if we, have, if we say we have fellowship with him, Jesus, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. This is, this is to Christians, right? If we say we have fellowship with Jesus while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Jesus' blood is the answer, but it's going, how do I bring what's hurting into the light? Where are the safe places to do that? And how do we build a community of people that are safe for us to process so that the, we can carry a greater measure of God's Spirit? Because part, maybe part of our challenges have been we've given the enemy an opportunity to mess with us in our lives because we're not dealing with our stuff. And this isn't like a condemnation, like, see, it's because you don't deal with it, you get all this junk. But it's an awareness that when we keep hiding rather than bringing things into the light, it gives the enemy a hook 
right? Because if you're struggling with rejection and you have an issue with someone, but you keep avoiding them, you're just reinforcing the fact that you feel rejected because you've, you've not gotten back into relationship. You've not had to have the conflict, the awkward conversation. I still have these challenges of going like, how, there, there are people that I have to have awkward conversations with. Hey, when you do this, I feel. Or you flip it and you go, you start with you, right? I feel frustrated, aggravated, mad. Like, there's emotion wheels. You can get them online. You can download them. Heather had one the other day, and we were looking at it. Going, All right, this, you know, give me words to help. Because sometimes if, if you look at word options, it can help you name what you're feeling. And if you can name what you're feeling, you can start to address it and deal with it. Because there's part that I found, like fear, frustration, aggravation, a lot of the negative stuff. There's part that that's, that's how I'm feeling, and there's part that there's often a spirit behind it. And if you can take authority over frustration in your house when you come in from work, usually before your spouse hears you, it, it shifts something in the atmosphere so that you're a little clearer in how you interpret what's happening. Right, because there are events that happen, and then there's your filter and interpretation of what that means for you. So we want to have a bold, authentic community here, but we've got to deal with the fact that there's going to be conflict as we as we try to make room for ourselves at the table, and we stretch, and we're like, "Is this me being boldly authentic?" And we go, well, "Maybe, maybe." You got the gain kind of dialed up a little bit. But we get feedback, and we, but we go, when I see you do that, man, I really see God in that. But when you're shouting that much, you've got spittle flying out of your mouth, and people are having a hard time hearing what you're saying because it's hitting them in the face. Right? There's feedback, right? But we want that enthusiasm. Right? And so there's part of us learning how to navigate where we are so that we're able to see and manifest all that God has for us. Because each one of you has a place here in this location, in, in this church, but also in this community that needs what you carry, that needs your solution for the problems that our communities face. And we want to be a people that God's spirit can rest upon, where he can move through us because we're a people of prayer. We're a people of humility. We have intimate connection. We have bold authenticity. All of these, these are like building blocks to go, this is how to become healthy. Because even if you came from a great family, there were dysfunctions that snuck in. And we want to be like, how do I be the healthiest version of me so that when people encounter me, I'm able to fully represent Jesus to them? Because it's not my 
anger or frustration or lack of skill sometimes. Because sometimes people will go, I see the call of God on your life, but you don't have the skills yet to do everything you need to do. And we're like, well, Jesus will help me. Yes, but he might help you go to school. Like, there's part, like, sometimes we just, we want to bypass stuff. We want to bypass process. Whether it's educational or whether it's just doing the work to bring the healing to our heart. We're just like, give me the zap, Lord. And I love the testimonies of God's supernatural intervention. But I also love the testimonies of people going, I walked with God through this process, through this pain. So if we can have the prayer partners come up. If you, if this resonated with you and you're like, I, I do have pain that I need to process. This isn't a full-blown counseling session. I'll just put that <laughs> disclaimer for them. <laughs> but this is an opportunity for them to pray with you that you would have a moment of healing and a moment of clarity and a moment of discernment on what you need to do next so that you can be boldly authentic, so that you can address the lies that may be holding you back. Right? Because most of this, right, know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus will lead you like going, hey, that's a lie that you're believing. And if you exchange that for the truth, you're going to be able to move into your next season with a cleaner heart because you've been washed. The greatness that you bring doesn't have that little three-day fish smell, you know. You've been, you've been washed. So as I close, oh, we're going to pray. We want you to get your, your Giants of World Changers from TRP Kids. We've got um, Fresh Start at the end if you want to hear more about the church. But I just want to encourage you today that you can have a bold authenticity. You can be you. You don't have to become a yellow pencil. You don't have to look like a certain person or a certain character type to be the person that God wants you to be. So would you just stand with me as we close? Lord, I thank you for everyone here, and I just bless their identity, the way you made them, God, the way you uh, uniquely crafted who they are. And Lord, I just bless what you are doing in bringing them into healing and wholeness. We thank you, Lord, that you will bring opportunities for them to tell themselves the truth, for them to be truthful with others, for them to be fully authentic and transparent. Lord, I pray that there would be safe places, that there would be opportunities to uh, be with other Christians who can call out the best in them. Lord, I pray that you would lead us and guide us in this season to be a people of prayer and humility and intimate connection and bold authenticity. So I just bless each person here with just great grace to be bold, to stand out in wherever they go as a son or daughter of the King. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.